that's what gets me the most excited when I wake up in the morning it's like who whose eyes can I open today whose life can I bless today through financial freedom yeah it's just because ultimately that is time freedom yeah and time is I have healthy respect for time now and that's maybe the biggest thing Hold up, hold up. Let me get my mind, let me get my mind right. Yeah, let me get my mind, let me get my mind right. You know everything is What's up everybody? Welcome to Millennial Minds Business, a show where we sit down and talk to young professionals um, and young entrepreneurs who are doing amazing things in the world. Today, we have the honor of speaking with the first ever female on Millennial Minds and Business. Um, we are honored to talk to Sarah Slutes today, who is a health and wellness coach um, here in Boise, Idaho. And she's been at it for a little over a year now, um, on her own doing it. And we're excited to talk to her and hear a little bit more about her story. So Sarah, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. And tell us a little bit more about you and, and oh what gosh. you got going on. All right. Well, thank you. I am so privileged to be here. I love talking business. It's been a huge part of my life, um, as has health. Um, I've always been an athlete, and I think that, you know, things in life always kind of set you up for your future, even though you maybe not, you can't really see how. <laughs> and that is definitely how this played out for me. So I am a network marketing professional in the health and wellness space. So I've partnered with a global health company that is absolutely phenomenal um, in what they're doing, the products that they're coming out with, and the way that they're really addressing health and wellness um, in, in its kind of totality. So I love that what I get to do is really help people not only reach their health goals, which I have such a passion for. I think people that if you underestimate your health, you are really, you're missing out on a lot and a, a lot of quality of life. Um, so I have a lot of passion for helping people with that, but then I also am in a wonderful position to help people earn some extra money. I mean, financial stress, is the typically the number one stress that right. people talk about and so being in a position where i can help someone earn two three five hundred bucks a month um or uh, an entire income whatever they would like to do um that's been really really fun to kind of be able to put on both hats and really i mean if you don't have if you're not healthy in your finances, it's really hard to be healthy as a person. The amount of stress and you know, all the things that come with that. So they really are entwined um, sure. from what I've experienced. And so I love having really a solution for the full picture. Awesome. Well, that's cool. Um, that's interesting. That does make total <laughs> sense about how the financial and, and individual actually self-help yeah. or health is totally intertwined. It really is. That's a great. That's a great point. I love that. So, before we jump in, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I want to uh -oh. hear about your coolest transformation. Oh my of, gosh! Of someone you've worked with. Coolest transformation. Or just like the most amazing. Or, okay. Well, I I have to talk about my mom. Um, and she's actually a big piece of why I ended up getting into this profession in the first place. Uh -huh. So, a little bit of the backstory is I got introduced to this. Um, it's it'll be almost three years now um, when I first got introduced to it and um, it actually came from my best friend uh, and she it, it all stemmed from 
her hearing my frustrations about not getting to my own health goals. Uh -huh. I've been an athlete my whole life and so working out in fitness and I knew the gist of how to be healthy, yeah. but I wasn't able to achieve the kind of, I, I wasn't able to get as lean as I wanted. I wanted to see the muscles yeah, I was spending right. so much time building. So I kept, you know, sharing those frustrations with her and she kept saying, Sarah, try this, Sarah, try this. Told her, no, 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 I know what to do. I just need to, you know, eat more clean, cheat less and spend more time in the gym, right? Classic recipe yep, yep. a failure, truly. But, <laughs> um, so anyways, I, I finally said yes. She wore me down, said yes. And in a matter of weeks, I mean, I felt different. I just really? felt better. Um, and so I turned to my mom and who's one of my best friends. She is an incredible human being. And I have watched her my whole life struggle with her weight. Um, most of it, she's been overweight and I'd watched her fluctuate 50, 60 pounds up and down. She'd get on a diet and work really well. Oh, and then yeah. she'd fall off the classic yo-yo. Yep. And so I said, okay, mom, I just started this. Like, let's do this together. And so we absolutely locked arms and did. And fast forward eight months, she had lost 50 pounds. Fast forward almost two years and she's kept it off. Holy cow. She is healthy. She is happy. Her chronic headaches are gone. She has more energy to do the things that she loves to do. Yeah. Um, that is what I think solidified for me how amazing this is. Yeah. This isn't just putting someone on a diet. I mean, we're talking about addressing someone's health and really giving them the tools that their body needs to yeah. be successful. And then whatever their goals are, and obviously mom's case, it was weight loss. All of that, those things just happen. Yeah. And so for me, that was the most powerful transformation because I knew the backstory. I'd yeah. witnessed, I'd been there yeah. for all of it, for yeah. all of those struggles. And so to be a part of giving her that solution, that was a feeling I, I just wanted to keep finding. And so when I was faced with the opportunity to just really turn this into a business, I just jumped all in. That's so cool. That's really cool. Completely eliminated her yo-yo and everything. Completely. Yeah. Yes. Wow. It's been phenomenal. That's super cool. So you say you've been an athlete your whole life. Yes, I have. Walk us through some of the athletics that you've been involved in. Sure. Um, and kind of where you are now with your, um, uh, with your activities or your, <laughs> sure. your, what do you call that? Your athleticism. Yes. I guess is a good way to say it. I have learned that I love being an athlete. Like I love just the competitiveness, mm -hmm. the, I just, I just love it. I, it's just a feeling that I have. Um, obviously that's not everybody. Not everybody enjoyed sports, but yeah, yeah. oh my God, I played them all. Um, growing up, I, I did a little bit of volleyball, but uh, soccer, softball, um, basketball was the big one. Uh, cool. Track and field was a big one. Uh, and then cross country as well. Cool. Um, the the longest one i guess you could say was uh, i'm an equestrian so i've ridden horses my whole life cool. and that is 100 percent a sport yeah. <laughs> and um well for anyone who has not ridden a horse right. that is a freaking workout yes i rode a horse for like 20 minutes once <laughs> and i felt it for like four days yes uh it is there i mean you're you're, you've got a, a partner that's 1200 pounds and has a mind of its own yeah it speaks an entirely different language yeah. so Gosh, I grew up riding horses and that was my big, 
big passion. Um, I actually developed that. I mean, that was my, what I thought I'd do for the rest of my life. Uh, I had, uh, have you heard of the term native genius? I have not. So I first heard of it in a book called Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. Highly recommend that. It's a wonderful leadership book. Um, In there, she presents this concept of a natural genius. And essentially, it's it's something that you can do twice as well as someone else in half the time. (laughs) It's just, you've got that natural talent um, to, you pick it up really fast, you're able to execute it really well. For me, that was horses. Really? And I could, I... I was giving lessons at like 12. People were paying me to train their horses. It really? Was, it was just one of those, it was it. It was what I was naturally gifted at doing. Yeah. And I loved it. Um, so I made that the priority. And I'm so blessed to have parents that supported that. Yeah. They bought me horses. We, I grew up on a farm. I got to show and compete. I kind of did a, the whole spectrum um, from Western to English to rodeo. Uh, I did a little bit of everything. Wow. And wonderful experience and so that's actually what I went into college for Um, my bachelor's is in equine science really (laughs) I I got a business minor as well Um, but that was just such a passion I was like this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life yeah did you go here to Boise State no I went to a private school in the Midwest smack dab in the middle of Missouri little town called Fulton Uh, I was just outside of uh, Columbia which is where Mizzou is University of Missouri Um, but the the school is very small Um, I mean we're talking like less than 3,000 undergrads oh wow Um, but because of their dynamic program the the biggest draw was the equine program Um, hands down the biggest draw and the, the curriculum itself was phenomenal. I mean, that's really what drew me there. They were the first university to offer four-year bachelors in equine science. Wow. Taught by instructors in the industry. You know, it was it was one that I just couldn't pass up. It just seemed like the perfect fit, right? This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, like, this is such a great education. From there, um, I through the connections through the school, I was able to land a job in New Jersey, kept going east, and uh, I worked for an Olympic show jumper. Um, She'd medaled, I think, five times um, at that point in 2012. And talk about a trip. I mean, we were, there were horses in the barn that we were campaigning for the Olympics, the next one. Um, I got to, I got to sit on a horse that they had bought for $3 million. Are you serious? It was a trip. Um, it was phenomenal. I mean, I got to experience the industry at the top of it. Yeah. You know, and that was... The tip top. I mean, Olympic sports is yeah. the top. At, at 22, you know, right after college. And it was it was amazing. Um, but it taught me... It demonstrated to me that what the end game looked like. Yeah. And I will forever be grateful like every, everything happens just the way that it's supposed to. And I was supposed to get that job when I did because I needed to see what I was in for if I wanted to pursue this yeah. as a career. Yeah. And I did. And it the biggest things for me, it did not offer the kind of life that I wanted for myself and my future family. No work-life balance. Really? That really? industry is very unforgiving. And then it did not offer the financial blueprint that I also wanted. Yeah. And had envisioned for my life. So that ended up kind of the combination of decisions there um, or realizations really 
And then I had kind of some family emergency things happen back in Idaho. So I just took those as another sign and said, you know what, now is my time to go back. Yeah. So I did. And um, with the intention of not really returning um, to, to New Jersey. And so came home, ended up being a caretaker for my father for a little while. And as soon as he was healthy again, I kind of looked up and was like, okay, so now what? Yeah. I, you know, I had an identity crisis at 22 because I worked towards one thing my whole life. Yeah. And got into it and decided that that's really best reserved as a passion. Yeah. So I still have, I have a horse of my own still. I still ride. Um, that's the most consistent sport that I still do yeah. um, in my life is I ride on my own. Um, and I really, really enjoy it. But it was a phenomenal experience to learn what place that has in my life. For sure. So from there, it I mean, career-wise, it was very much this, okay, what else am I good at? Yeah. What else have I experienced in my life that I enjoy? Yeah. I was in a sorority in college. I was an alpha fee, and I served as the president um, and a few other roles, and one of them was handling all of our events. And cool. I fell in love with that. I really enjoyed the organization part of it, the just really piecing together something that people wanted to attend. And so I emailed all of the event planners that I could find in the Valley and said, hey, <laughs> I really want to, I really want to expose this industry. I have, I, this is the experience that I have, right? College. And, <laughs> um, you know, what opportunities do you have? Yeah. And most of them didn't respond. Thankfully, one gal did. And she said, I don't have anything for you, but try golf courses. Typically, they'll have a staffed position yeah. for, for event planning. And so I did. Emailed all <laughs> of the... Um, golf courses in the valley that have event facilities uh -huh. and Eagle Hills golf course got back to me and she said, you know, we don't really have that position, but I've been looking to expand what I do and I could see, you know, something opening up. Why don't you start as a banquet attendant? Cool. So I did and started nine bucks an hour working at, you know, working the events themselves, serving yeah. the guests and cleaning up and all, all the details events. And, um, quickly got promoted to the restaurant events manager position. And that was amazing. Um, I loved the work, the combination of customer service yeah. and the organization and just delivering something. Um, a lot of what we did were weddings and really? that was just being a part of something so significant was awesome. That's cool. But again, lesson learned, right? I, I got into that position and really, I mean, you look back and it's like, why did I not see that coming? But um, in there, there's also an element or a lack of a work-life balance. It's nights and weekends, primarily my days oh, yeah. off or maybe Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. And so, again, having that reevaluation of, okay, I love the work, but it's not, again, going to check all of the boxes. Yeah. So decided to look for, okay, how can I fit all of these things into a nine-to-five? <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> So I ended up finding a project management position and that was awesome. Um, it was with a marketing company. So I got to spend my days talking to our new clients, which were all small business owners and help develop their marketing. Yeah. And that was always fascinating just to hear 
what their struggles were, um, what their marketing strategy was. Uh, we specialized in direct mail. So we're talking about newsletters and, and postcards and yeah. those kind of pieces. Yeah. And so how that fit into their overall strategy, how to implement their branding. It was, I loved it. I loved pe- putting those pieces together, getting to understand who they were and really making something impactful. Um, I got promoted from there into, uh, into the operations manager position. So I got to work, um, just the right hand of the CEO, which an incredible experience. Yeah. I mean, we got to do a lot of, um, just, we placed a lot of value on learning and continued education. And so I got a lot, I mean, we got a lot of mentorship. Um, we went to, we attend a lot of, um, masterminds and just trainings that other companies are putting on about growing your business. Yeah. We were growing fast and so developing leaders and this, I mean, the whole scope was really under me. It was, it was awesome. But after it was about three and a half years, it really started to not feel very aligned. The, I wasn't, it wasn't the right place for me. The, the environment, the atmosphere, uh, the culture yeah. just wasn't a good fit for me long was it, term. Was it more on like the fulfillment side? You didn't feel like you were fulfilled or do you more feel like it was maybe it didn't feel like what it was, what you were meant to do? Or is it either of those? Is it something else? It was probably, it was a misalignment of people. Okay. It was, we, I just was not in sync with the CEO and the direction that he was taking things and so he needed to find somebody that was a better fit for him. Yeah. It was his company, his dream, not mine. Yeah. Right. And so there's only so much I can do to develop it into what the vision that I see. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not mine. Yeah. And so it being in that supportive role, having to accommodate things that I maybe didn't completely agree with and, you know, toe the line, that was tough. Yeah. And it really, really ate at me. Um, for a long time. And so I kind of looked up and this was August of last year. So just over a year ago, I kind of looked up and said, okay, I, I have clarity that this isn't the right place for me. And I was at peace with that. You know, it, at the time, I think there was still a lot of anger and resentment, but ultimately I knew that the steps that I'd taken in that role, the growth that I'd had was so valuable. Yeah. So valuable. And that it would only serve me wonderfully for the rest of my life. And yeah. and set me up for something better. For me. Better mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And so I kind of looked up and I said, okay, I could, you know, I have, a, I have a very marketable resume. I can go out and find another management position, which I, I love leadership. Um, I have such a passion for developing people and helping them grow um, and being in that position of influence. I, I want to make a difference. So it's like I, I could go find another role like that and I mean, ultimately be working for someone else, building yep. someone else's dream yep. and potentially find myself in this position again. Or I could finally just take the leap and I, you know, like I said, I'd been exposed to what I'm doing now over at that point, it had been two years or a year and a half, I guess about, and 
kind of dabbled in it part-time. Like I'd started to understand like, oh, I could actually make some money doing this and it could be a living and it could mm-hmm. be more than a living. And then it was, so I kind of looked at it like, okay, like I, I, I knew that I could make that work. It was just the element of, am I ready? And so I just, I, it actually happened very quickly. I came to the conclusion that that was really what I wanted to do. And I wanted to give it a shot because I knew if I didn't, I would look back and regret that I'd wasted my time and not come for it. Yeah. So I, again, everything happens just the way that it's supposed to. I think if things hadn't gotten so bad for me in that position, I don't know if that would, I, that's what propelled me to really say, you know what, (laughs) Sarah, take take that control and just go for it. Yeah. And so this last year has been a little rocky, um, on the personal side. Um, my family has been through a lot, so that's taken, that's detracted from my ability to grow the business. Yeah. But whenever, when I am in it and when I'm growing it and do it, going through those motions, it just feels so good. Yeah. It, I just, Definitely. I have that peace and that clarity that absolutely this is what I should be doing. Yeah. Um, and I have no reservations That's awesome. <laughs> about the choice. That's sure. awesome. So walk us through that step that you knew from the point where you decided you wanted to go out on your own and leave a, your security net, basically cut your security net. Mm hmm and go out on your own. What were some things that you had set up that you, that you in your mind, that you knew you needed set up in order for you to make that leap? Mm. And kind of what are some things that you did to prepare yourself for that new adventure? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is you'll never feel really fully ready. I Amen. Mean, that you never will. And you, if you haven't researched at all or understand the concept of being in flow, Google it. It's awesome. It's just this concept that as humans, we thrive when we're being challenged, when we have not a massive challenge. I mean, there's this, there's a sweet spot. That's yeah. what's called flow. Okay. And there's a graph that demonstrates kind of what inflow looks like and how too much challenge is, you know, you can, you can have too much challenge. You can stretch your skill set too far. Yeah. But if you're just a little bit of challenge and you're learning something new that they've, they've proven that that's where we thrive as humans. And so understand you, once you understand that, that if you just stay where you are, the happiness that you're receiving is passive. It's just a learned state at that point from the time that you were challenged before. It's not new happiness. And so understanding that we, that's where we really thrive made it a lot easier. I was like, wow. I'm, once I get a little uncomfortable and start adjusting and, and growing and learning in increments, don't take massive leaps, yeah, but yeah. do it where you can challenge yourself, but still see those successes that that's, what's going to really bring me ultimate long-term happiness and success. So accepting that, that I have to go through that in order to, to achieve more yep. was huge. Um, expecting to be uncomfortable. Um, that was, I guess what it comes all back down to is managing your expectations. Yeah. You have to know that it's not going to be pretty all the time. It's not going to be fun all the time. You know, it's not going to feel good all the time. Yeah. And that's okay. Life rarely does. Yeah. It, that, that's not how humans work. <laughs> so it's just managing those expectations of like, okay, 
there's going to be some challenges in this and and I and building that into the plan like all right this would be kind of my first challenge I did a lot of education on the the compensation plan I knew how to make money quick mm-hmm. like I knew what were the first things that I needed to do to generate some stuff now so you had a baseline exactly okay so that was the the other thing that I, I mean I, I just educated myself on what is that path to success mm-hmm so I knew what tracks to follow. Okay. And one thing I love about this company and, and network marketing in general is that there's so many successful plans out there to follow. I mean, there's in my company alone, we are, we have almost 300 millionaires. And wow. pick one, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> Mirror that. Yeah. You know, like there's success leaves clues. Yeah. And so following those and and just understanding what what do those tracks look like. Mm-hmm. What's going to get me from A to B? Yeah. And then, because B to C is going to look different, but yep. where is the starting point? What are these first initial steps um, going to need to look like? Yeah. Um, just continuing to answer your question, I think I had to give myself permission. Okay. Um, I am a very responsible person um, in the sense of that, that security. Um, my parents taught me a lot of financial responsibility and the importance of that and, and, that that there is that obligation you know to yourself to there's that expectation of of taking care of things yeah and um so i think i had to give myself a little bit of permission to do something that i viewed as a little irresponsible but looking back it's not it wasn't at all right these are the lies that we tell ourselves these are stories that we develop in our own minds based upon our fears and insecurities yeah it wasn't irresponsible. It was just different. Yeah. And I had just gotten in my own way and built up all of these stories that it was going to be uh, fill in the blank. I mean, I, I probably came up with all of them, <laughs> but I, I had to break through those a little bit and yeah. give myself permission based on my own weaknesses. And everybody's going to be different on oh, yeah, what, for sure. what those hurdles end up looking like. I think one thing that most people have in common though is those is that huge amount of self doubt. Yeah. Like for me in my own personal example, I mean I I left in April of the old firm I was at. I cut my security net in April um, and started this this new adventure. Um, I probably could have done it in December. I probably could have done it back in October and would still maybe even be ahead of where I was, but dealing with that self-doubt was uh, something that I definitely had to deal with as well. So what are some, how did you talk yourself through that self-doubt and how did you pull out of it? And, and I know you talked about the flow being in the flow, but what are some, what are some processes or how did you deal with the mental state of actually getting past it? Okay. So for me, this is, I mean, this is a story of growth, right? So, for me, it wasn't necessarily self-doubt, to be honest. Okay. Um, I've always been a pretty com- confident person and very competent. Like, I know what my skill set is. Yeah. I've, as my story indicated, like, I just followed that. Okay, what, mm-hmm. am, I good, like, what am I good at? What do I, where do I excel? Yeah. How can I make money doing that? <laughs> um, I, I've always known my strengths. And I really, I remember having a conversation with my mother, right? The things you tell your mom. Yeah. Tell everybody else. <laughs> I remember having a conversation with mom, um, just about, I was like, mom, I could kill this. Like with, with my personality, with my background, 
with my work ethic, with X, Y, Z. Like I could, I could kill this. Yeah. And I, 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 I remember having that thought really distinctly. Like this could be so awesome. And, and I mean, it could serve and fulfill on a whole nother level than yeah. I ever imagined for my life. And for me, the, the self-doubt wasn't the thing. It was everyone else's opinions. Really? Which I, it, it kills me that how much I have let that command my life and guide me in a lot of ways. Um, and network marketing in and of itself has had a questionable history. If you look back several decades now, yeah. but if you look back, it didn't always come from a great place. Um, today, and even 20 years ago, there are some companies that are doing it right, man. They are absolutely doing it right. and. And I, and that's where I'm at now. And, but I didn't know what I didn't know. I yeah. had accepted the general stereotypes about the industry and all of those old stories of pyramid schemes and X, X, Y, all of the crap, right. Yeah. That, yeah. You, that you just end up hearing. And if you don't take a minute and educate yourself on anything different, then that's what yeah. you're going to believe. That is what held me back more than anything was I didn't want to be part of one of those things. Yeah. And now, once I let that go, because I could see it from the very beginning, the moment I saw this compensation plan and what the work actually entailed, it got me excited. I was like, yeah. I, helping people in those ways was right up my alley. Yeah. And I'd been, a, I mean, I was teaching riding lessons at 12. Like, I love being in that coach leadership position. And it, all, of the, all of it lined up except for the stories. And so once I, I educated myself how just ignorant they are, <laughs> completely ignorant they yeah. are, um, and, and truly how beautiful this business model is, I mean, I had to make that the bigger story yeah. for me than the stigma that I was, and what, what, my, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? What are, you know, are they going to look down on me? Cause I went from this, this titled position to yeah. this. And I, I had to put all of yeah, those yeah. to the side. And I had to remind myself of the true story, the reality that was sitting in front of me that I'd seen, I'd witnessed, I'd been to events, I'd watched it happen, I'd seen the success, I saw my mom, you know, like it was all there. I just had to choose the true story and let go of all of the other crap. Yeah, that's cool. That's crazy, it's that's a trip. super cool story. <laughs> so, you grew up on a farm. I sure did. I, you know, being from Idaho, I've been to a lot of football camps. And the feared individuals at football camps are always the farm boys. <laughs> You'll stay far, yeah. <laughs> as far away from the farm boys as you can because they are going to mess up your day. Uh-huh. I can see that. So, I mean, hearing your story and talking to you um, both on and off the podcast, 
it makes sense that you grew up on a farm because of your <laughs> work, line up? <laughs> because of your work ethic, because of how driven you are. Um, can you kind of take us, take us back to the farm? Oh gosh. And how you grew up and yeah. where, where your drive comes from and, oh and, and stuff like that. If you, if you met my parents, it would all make sense. They are amazing people. Um, my dad's from Texas and mom, her, her father was in the military, so she traveled. She was actually born in Hawaii, but she traveled around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. They both settled in Idaho. Um, and, you know, it's so much in common. And having, you know, when they had my brother and I, they really wanted space. They wanted us to grow up in the country and yeah. in a smaller school. And, you know, that's how kind of both of them, that was their backgrounds. Um, and they saw all of the value in that. And so they bought land in Middleton and, you know, 22 acres. And so yeah, for those had... of you on the podcast, Middleton oh, yes. <laughs> is like, what is it? Like 30, 40 miles outside of Boise? About 35, yeah. 35 miles outside of Boise, Idaho, yeah. which is a small town on its own. True. Middleton <laughs> is tiny. It's little. It's like, it's what's little. the population? Do you know the population of Middleton? Um, when, okay, so when we first moved there, it was less, it was about 3,000. Okay, so tiny, 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 tiny. It's definitely grown since then. Yeah. I couldn't give you an updated number, but okay. it's, it's seen a lot of growth as, yeah. as all of Idaho. So small town, lots of space. <laughs> lots of space. It was wonderful. We had two full fields of alfalfa, so I grew up. Cool. I, I could raise alfalfa. I know yeah. all of the steps. Um, <laughs> I remember manhandling bales around when I was like eight. And, oh, wow. Um, at one point we had seven horses. Um, it was, there was always stuff to do. Oh my gosh. My mom would love this story. So my mom always had a way of making, turning things into games and just making things fun. That's just her personality. She's yeah. also, she's a phenomenal leader in her, in the work that she does now. And it definitely translates. I, side note, parenthood and leadership totally correlate. Yeah. But um, so one of one of my birthdays, I would always have one of my best friend growing up. Her and I would always have a joint birthday party because our birthdays were only two weeks apart. And on one of them, we must have been maybe twelve. And the main event of the birthday party was this like relay kind of race. But it was all chores. It was like we were in we were in groups, and it was okay. Which team can fill this five gallon bucket worth filled with rocks the fastest and bring it? Because she was building this like rock ledge no thing. Way. So like how can <laughs> transporting the rocks? So then it was putting firewood away and pulling weeds in the garden. And no was, way. We all of our friends like that was the birthday that everybody talked about. That they is hilarious. So, (laughs) so that was my, I mean, yes, every day there were chores, but with, with the right approach to them, they're not so damn terrible. Yeah. So it was, that's what I remember is just mom had a way of really making it fun. My, my drive really, I think I started learning that when it came to horses because I'm a little competitive Mm -hmm. and, um, so I wanted to excel in these competitions that I was in and. I didn't have a trainer. We didn't, we, my parents weren't buying me these big fancy horses. I mean, yeah. we didn't pay more than a thousand dollars for a horse, which for non-horse people, 
it's it's I know it may not sound like a lot of money and it wasn't I mean to buy a good trained finished horse I mean that's thousands yeah. um, so for a kid I mean we bought I think my first horse was like eight hundred dollars and well when you um, compare that to the three million dollar right yes <laughs> yes we had backyard horses and they were amazing um, but I worked at it I I didn't have a trainer the the only quote unquote trainer that I had or coach, whatever came in 4-H at 4-H leader. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like that was the extent of my, yeah. my, it wasn't until later on when I was going to college that I actually got to experience what it was like to have a trainer, which was awesome. But yeah. up until then, I think I learned, I just, I had to put in the work. I was riding my horse daily, rain or shine. I, I was riding and I was working on stuff and I was learning and again, I have a natural aptitude for that, but don't, I mean, don't disregard the time. I oh, mean, it was, yeah. I, I put in, they say 10,000 hours, right? To, yeah. That, that was, I put in so many hours growing up and I was riding other people's horses and I was teaching other people and I was figuring stuff out and my mom rode, so she helped but her experience was limited. It was more on the just kind of for fun side. Yeah. So once I started competing, I was learning what's what's winning, right? Like what's what does my position need to look like? What yeah. does my horse's gait need to be like? And so I think that that really taught me what it takes to be successful. It was very correlated, right? Yeah. If I didn't put in the time months in advance to develop my horse and my skills then I didn't stand a chance when I got to the show. Yeah. So I think that was the the most direct lesson. Um, and I'm so grateful that, I mean, I was seven when I got my first horse. And it, over the next 10 years before I went to college, I mean, that was every day after school or after basketball practice or whatever, though. That was yeah. what I filled my time doing. And it was, obviously it paid off in, in certain ways, but it was more the lesson behind it all. Wow, that's crazy. The horse, that's nuts. <laughs> like, jeez. Your horses first are horse awesome. at seven. Mm-hmm. That was mine, yes. That was yours. So you had been riding horses. When was the first time Off you ever got on a horse? I don't know. I think it was before I was walking. Really? I never, <laughs> I never owned a Barbie in my life. <laughs> uh, but I had tubs of plastic toy horses. Really? I saved up all of my, any any money that I ever obtained, <laughs> I saved up and I bought, and I, I probably spent like $150, but I was like eight. Yeah. So it was a lot That's of money. That's a lot of money, $100 on to this an eight-year-old. big barn that was wood and you had, it was, I mean, it was like three feet long and it had pens and stalls and really? I, yeah, that was it was always horses. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. When we started talking about your athletics and stuff, I did not think it was going to go to horses. I did. I mean, I love basketball was the other yeah. passion. Yeah. I, I would love to get back into basketball just in a league setting because yeah. I love the sport. It was one of those I also kind of had a natural ability for. Yeah. Um, we ended up being state champions my senior year in high oh, school. Cool. It was It was incredible. Um, the team was more than I could have ever asked for. Yeah. Like you don't really realize what you got oh, <laughs> in those yeah. kind of settings yeah. until you look outside of it. Um, but basketball was the other one. I loved the game. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, no, horses always won out. <laughs> That's awesome. So I want to jump into your more recent uh, life and your more recent yeah. struggles that you've been dealing with. Yeah. Um, and I know it's very close to home. So if there's parts of the subject that you don't want to talk about, that's fine. Sure. Totally fine. Um, but kind of walk us through what's been going on in the past year or so in your life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, tell us about what you've learned from it, how you've grown from it. Sure. And how you're applying those experiences to your life now and mm. where you want to take it in the future. Yeah. Well, um, my, my dad has been battling cancer. That was actually the, in 2012, what brought me home. Um, he, they had found a tumor on his kidney and thankfully they were able to surgically remove, they just removed the whole kidney and the tumor came with it and we thought we were home free. Mm -hmm. Um, but then three years later, um, it came back and it had spread and the diagnosis was terminal. So that in and of itself changes you, I think. Um, the diagnosis, the itself. diagnosis. Yes. You know, even in 2012, it changes you. Like, it kind of puts into perspective <laughs> um, the value of time. Yeah. And so when it came back, we just started doing things a little bit differently as a family. You know, we went on more trips together. Um, my brother, who's lived out of town or out of state um, for, gosh, since, since he graduated from college, he's a year older than me, um, he came back more. Um, you know, we just started spending our time differently yeah and um i'm actually writing the full kind of experience um so i'd be happy to share that that blog um when it's done here in the next week or so but it was the best term i can come up with is a roller coaster um for sure but i think it really developed some resiliency um, in, in me, because when you're dealing with, with cancer and I, I, I hope that, you know, I hope it never does, but, um, when you're dealing with cancer, it's a little unpredictable. At least it was in our case. You know, we went almost, it was a year and a half was the, the battle that we had. So I think it played into my decision to actually become my own boss because, while I still had a, a good amount of freedom in the sense of if I needed to take off from, you know, from my management job, I could mm -hmm. and take off early, catch an appointment, you yeah, know, whatever yeah. that looked like. But the ability that I have now or, you know, with this work is I can work from anywhere. Yeah. So, and, and I can adjust and schedule my own day. And so when I'm looking at, okay, I don't know how much time I have left with my dad. I want to make the most of it. Sure. That was a, a component of the decision was how, you know, I want to be able to leverage everything I have. And so I think that that definitely played into it. Um, it was actually, I mean, roller coaster for sure. I mean, we went as far as thinking that he was going to completely beat this thing. And then a month later, it was a new tumor, right? Like it was yeah. very, um, very dramatic, um, which is not a great place to live in, yeah. you know, with that, yeah. that stress and emotion up and down, which again, feeds into my appreciation for health and taking care of yourself. Because I mean, those are the moments where 
if you're not, <laughs> then you start being the one that people worry about because, you know, it, it, if you're already in that place of just not being healthy and then you compound it with those kind of experiences, it just goes downhill for you. Yeah. So <clears throat> developed a, a, a deeper appreciation um, for just prioritizing my own health. Um, but then this last, um, he, he passed away about a month ago now, not quite a month. And the, in the few weeks leading up to that, it was a really rapid decline and having the ability to truly, I just stopped working. I mean, I, I stepped away completely from work, which I never would have been able to do, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and again, everything happens just the way that it should, you know, I, yeah. I was supposed to take this, this chance and this opportunity when I did so that I could leave it and it can kind of run on autopilot while I need to be where I need to be. So lots of different realizations throughout the whole thing. Um, but the biggest one that I keep coming back to is time. You know, time is truly our, the currency of our lives. You know, you spend your time to earn money, to spend your time doing, I mean, right. our, our time is how we, how we spend it. Um, that's what comprises our life. And so it gave me even more of an appreciation for network marketing because it is one of the few, if not the only business model where I can not only increase my income, but also increase my time freedom simultaneously. Yeah. It's not one or the other. If you're building a traditional business, typically you got to work more to make more. Yeah. Right. Yep. And with the, the business model that, that that is network marketing when you're with the right company because trust me the comp, the comp plans are different yeah but when you've got the right one and in my opinion from everything i've looked at the one i've got is hands down the best in the yeah. entire industry yeah and the the machine that it can create to where it can provide that platform that self-generating um business so that you can take the time when you need to, you yeah. know, the, I know what it was like to be able to have that extra time with my dad. And so it gives me a renewed energy to help other people do the same thing, be able to be a full-time family, be able to not have to work 40 plus hours just to make ends meet. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is an, it's the business of the future, in my opinion. It Traditional business is going to continue to shift because there's things like this in the works now. And there's no slowing it down. I mean, the industry of network marketing is massively taking off, yeah. especially over the last few years. Yeah. And it's because there's companies doing it right and people are realizing, okay, there isn't anything shady yeah. about this. There yeah. isn't, you know, people are educating themselves yeah. and, and beginning to understand that this is a whole different kind of success. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the life of CPAs. CPAs are getting away from the hourly billing. Yeah. From the traditional hourly billing rates. And they're going to more of a value-based system, which is exactly like you said. Just yep. basically, you pay me a monthly fee to have me on the phone whenever you want me, whenever you need me. 
yeah, you still have to work more to make more. That sure. We can't beat that. Maybe we can in the future sometime. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, you can change the whole industry. But <laughs> even, that, if, even that industry is shifting away yeah. from trading time for money. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So. And I love the power that millennials have played in that. Huge. It's, it's, I mean, kind of just said no. Yeah. <laughs> and, you want to sit in this desk for, five, for eight hours a day? Uh, no, that's not happening. You know, it just... The the fulfillment that we get is just different. Yeah. And and granted, I'm not a big I don't like lumping people into categories. So even when I say millennials, it's it's vague because I don't yeah. I don't everybody is truly of different. Course. But of a, that that is the trend. I mean, you you just you see more of that. It's like you know what we're embracing something like network marketing, whereas our parents maybe wouldn't. You know, it, it is, or it would take them more time to really understand and appreciate what it is. Um, whereas it just fits, yeah. right? I love, there's a, an entire kind of, um, movement within my company that is all dedicated towards 18 to 35 and just oh. helping educate people that there are other ways you know, like getting a traditional degree and choosing a career when you're 18 and all of those things, it doesn't have, there are other ways and it may or may not be for you, but at least look, Explore. right? You, yeah. You don't have to just follow this track that has been laid out before you see what else exists. Yeah. And that's, it's so powerful. And I love opening people up to just what possibility can look like. So, okay, so what would an extra $500 a month look like for you? What if you could stay home with your kids? What if you could buy that vacation home? Yeah. What if, what if, like, let's dream, people. Like, yeah. let's not just accept what's been laid out in front of us. There's more to it. And people just don't give themselves permission to dream and envision not working for somebody else ever again. Yeah. That just seems too big, too hard, too insurmountable. But something like the vehicle of network marketing, <laughs> I mean, I eat my overhead, first of all. Yeah. I have massive tax deductions like we talked about. Uh -huh. I, ha I mean, there are so many pros and so many of the hurdles with, that, just don't, that exist in traditional business that don't in this yeah. industry. It's, it's just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I forgot where we started, but that's, no, um, <laughs> I, I, I get really passionate about it. Can you tell? <laughs> no. So what's, so what's the future like for Sarah? Oh gosh. Where do you see yourself in five years and, and how is your experiences in the past year going to take you to that, to where you want to be in five years? And how do you, I guess, where, what are your new values in life? Well, it really... To me, at this point, it's kind of a combination of things. It's paying it forward. Um, you know, I have some specific missions, personal missions, surrounding cancer funding and cancer research for obvious reasons. And now that I have... I feel like I'm just a more complex human now because of what I've been through. And I have a different perspective and a different frame of reference for where value is in our lives. Yeah. And 
I, 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 I will always go back to time because I didn't have enough of it. Yeah. And so if I can help someone else develop time freedom in their own lives, that has become the top of my priority list. Like I will never stop helping people get healthy because that in and of itself is an element of freedom. When you're not being dragged down by an unhealthy body, then there's a lot more things that you can do. Um, but helping, helping people live life on their terms and, and not making sacrifices, like not getting to spend time with their family. Yeah. Not, and not just when it's short, you know, not when, not when the time is short, but period. Right. I mean, there, why we have the opportunity to spend every single day with the people that we love yep. and doing things that we're passionate about if we choose to build it first. And that's absolutely, that has become particularly in the last few weeks that's what gets me the most excited. When I wake up in the morning, it's like, who, whose eyes can I open today? Whose life can I bless today through financial freedom? Yeah. It's just because ultimately that is time freedom. Yeah. And time is... I have healthy respect for time now. And that's maybe the biggest thing. I... I just do things differently now. I don't, I identify things in my life that waste time in a different way, right? There's, there's things that one should or could do to decompress or, you know, relieve stress, whatever the case may be. I'm all for a couch session, but (laughs) it, but there's, you just start looking at those things differently when it's like, yeah, I could take this time alone or whatever, binge with a movie. Or I could hang out with my mom. I mean, she's one of my best friends. And it's, you know, you, you just start to make those comparisons a little bit differently. Once you understand that that is possible. That you, do, you don't have to choose. Oh, I either have to work or I get to play. Yeah. Well, what if we made life a little bit more balanced? Yeah. And even heaven forbid emphasize the play you know yeah. like there's all those things are possible so that's i think the the biggest thing that's impacted me and kind of what my mission looks like moving forward cuz i got to experience it in yes a very traumatic way but a way that will stick with you for <laughs> yes the rest of your life forever yeah yeah well, Sarah, where can people find you? Oh, gosh. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, those are the primary ones. And uh, my last name makes me pretty easy to find. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, if you can't, if you haven't read it yet, it's spelled S-L-U-T-Z. So that was, especially in sports, that was a little rough. <laughs> uh, I, I say it was character building growing up. Um, but it's... It was, it is German, but when they brought it over, they dropped a couple letters and anyway, it wasn't always spelled that way. So <laughs> I'm easy to find Sarah Slutes. Um, but yeah, Instagram and Facebook. Absolutely. I love connecting with people. I love being a sounding board for people. Yeah. Cause just like I needed permission 
in a, an area of my life, if I can help somebody else develop that permission as well, sign me up. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Like if, if you, if it's on the health front, if it's on the financial front, awesome. But if not the people front, I mean the, the connections that we make in this life are so valuable and you never know the way that maybe you can influence me. Maybe yeah. you can change my life. Um, so I love, love connecting. That's how we met you yeah. and I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's amazing. You know, yeah. that's the, I have a, another appreciation or a renewed appreciation for yeah. just having good people around, man. Yeah. You just started, did you just start up LinkedIn? Getting there. Getting there? I, no, I do have it, yes. You have it. I, I do. I, I need to do more with it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's I not think as I just, updated as I think it I just be. sent you a connection request today, actually. <laughs> Probably didn't get that yet. Yeah. Golly, you got to set up the ping so it pings you. Yeah. Um, I'll add that to the to-do list. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Yeah, this it's, was fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, very fun. It's great uh, hearing your story and a little bit more about what you do. And putting some some backstory behind 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 you and what you do. Yeah, you know, you always sometimes you just see the the glory without the story. Yeah. I mean, this is my fourth career. You know, this yeah, <laughs> this right? just didn't happen. I didn't yeah. fall into this. Yeah. <laughs> so the story is important, and I love I love doing that. So thank you Go for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Let me get my mind. Let me get my mind right. You know everything is alright You know everything is alright